Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Today's episode, current grading submission strategies. Actually, this is an accumulation of several questions that had come in and just grouping them together. I think they relate to that, as well as the news with PSA restricting their submissions to only the more expensive levels, as well as SGC tripling their base submission price. So thanks, sponsors, Topps, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huckman Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, as well as ComC.com. First of all, the PSA announcement that they weren't going to be accepting the low-level submissions, which still could be $50 a card or $100 a card. So a moxie move, but I mentioned this on another show that I think that's probably an interesting move in the sense that the PSA is winning the volume battle. But there's an awful lot of these high-end cards that are being publicized that they're in Beckett Holders. And PSA does not want to turn off the tap for getting the glamour cards in. They're going to be headline-making, world-record price, attention-grabbing cards. They want them in their holders. So it's it's a battle for the high end, and uh, we will see if that uh, turns out to be a, a good strategy. I also heard rumors, I think on Sports Card Live, listening to Jeremy Lee, about uh, whether PSA would have a black or a gold label for an upgrade. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think it's a rumor. But uh, not sure that'd be a good deal. The simplicity of a PSA 10 has served them extremely well. And so we'll see about that. The other thing that's happened that PSA has done, uh, perhaps knowingly, is that they've turned the tables on the old FIFO or first in, first out inventory, you know, how people go through things to what goes out first is the highest price, the highest value. It's best customers first and best being those who are paying the highest rate. So that's an interesting way to do it. If they continue to do that, it suggests that uh, why would you ever send in base commons, very cheap cards to get graded? <laughs> they would take a really long time to get them graded. Not agreeing with SGC tripling their prices. I'm surprised Did they have a meeting and decide, should we double our prices or triple and uh, triple one out? I don't get that one, but again, I'm not in charge. Another question was about in the time before grading. Can I imagine those days? Because yes, I can't imagine those days. It was only 25 or 30 years ago. And I was in the thick of it and uh, people traded and they did take into account the condition in the eye of the beholder. It was more difficult to trade or sell expensive cards, but actually there weren't that many. There's so many more cards that have come out now because of grading, even though the grades are not Strictly speaking, not perfectly fungible. Not all PSA 9s are equal, but it's a really good starting point. So grading brought authenticity, which is 99.99%. I'm not saying that there's not an occasional scam that gets through, but it's very rare. It provides a a more secure form of storage from just having a a raw card sitting there, even in a top loader. Obviously, a secure sealed slab is better. And the other thing that doesn't always get mentioned is just the identification of having a slab card. If something happened to me and my wife came in here and I was passed away, which nobody lives forever, my wife would look at uh, a shelf. And if that shelf had a monster box of cards on one shelf and then the other shelf had a uh, box of graded cards, it'd be pretty easy for her or anybody coming in to know that it's most likely that the graded cards are worth more and that they're identifiable on the face. Whereas the monster box, there could be some good stuff in there, but who knows? And not everybody is willing to take the time to do that. On vintage uh, or new cards, either one, it's hard for a layperson to know what they have, but you would think that if you have a high grade of a vintage card, that's actually pretty secure. But if you have a high grade of a brand new card, 
And even with a current pop report in 2021, who's to say the pop report in 2025 won't be further populated by an increase of cards that have come through. Certainly what we're going to find out in the next three months is PSA cuts through their quote unquote vault of backlog and BGS does the same. We're liable to see an awful lot of, of uh, cards on the market that are uh, newly slapped. And then another question that came up that's related to that is just the fact that with all these new companies coming out, how does that impact me? I don't really break a lot. I don't break cases. I occasionally will open a box and occasionally submit something, but most of my submissions are the modern cards or vintage cards, but not necessarily this year's card. Jeremy always advised me just get in the queue. I, I think I don't get bad treatment, but I don't really get extra special treatment. Bring it over and I'll go in the wait list. I, I'm not against other grading companies. I think it's indicative of the strength of the category. But back in the old days, 20 plus years ago, we would send out test submissions to all the different companies that were uh, grading. I think we got up to 30 different uh, slabs of grading companies. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm pretty tried and true with the BGS or BBG, whichever one they want to slab on there, whether it's older or, uh, or newer. So I'm going to be observing with interest these new grading companies. But they won't be for me. In fact, I heard Ken Golden on Sports Cards Live, which again, I recommend Jeremy's program on Saturday nights. A little bit late, but I, I listen on the podcast uh, later on in the week. It was mentioning that some of these grading companies, it may take him two years to uh, make a decision that these are grading companies that he would want to include in his auction. Again, the fear is not whether or not these graders can be accurate or whether or not they will avoid the embarrassment of being fooled or have some kind of a negligent, something sneaks through, negligent or gross negligence. It seems like gross negligence if somebody else is doing it. How could they miss that? But grading is not easy. But the big thing is just the reputation of the brand and how that relates to the effectiveness and velocity of the sales. I just was thinking if a new grading company came in and said, we're going to offer half-price grading, would you be willing to do that? Sounds good. But when you do the math and you figure out even if it's half-price grading, and even if it was in a timely manner, the card in the same grade may sell for 10% less, 20% less, 30, 50% less. You just don't know. But over time, that is uh, discoverable. I hope each established grading company as well as the newer ones will be evaluated on their merits, whether they're doing a good job, whether they're being accurate, they're not missing things. Hopefully, like I say, the fungibility, even within one grading company, is that there are better PSA 5s or better BGS 5s than others. With the report card, you can see that more clearly. But if you're with some additional company, a new company, you just don't know. But another positive development would be the encouragement that I've said for a long time is to buy the card, buy the player, buy the card. Don't just buy the holder or the label. Give it a good look. There are things that you can't see and grading can be helpful in knowing what to look for, but buy wisely, as Jeremy says. Jeremy Murray, that is. Anyway, thanks. I hope you all are having a great uh, uh, time with collecting. This may be the new golden age of collecting and buying and selling cards. I'm going to continue to submit or set aside for submission, as the case may be because I have a greater of choice. Many of you also do that too. So thanks everybody. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.